Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett, and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julian Ryder and Neil Hodgson here at sweltering Sepang ahead of round 17 of the season. And what a weekend we are coming off the back of. Cal Crutchlow is a two-time MotoGP race winner, and he's in such good companies for multi-British winners in a season. You just look at the names, Les Graham, Jeff Duke, John Surtees, Mike Hellwood, Phil Reed and Barry Sheen, all of them utter legends in this sport. Uh, so... Isn't that great to know? Uh, no, I mean, and, and so is Carl Crutchlow now. Yeah, yeah. He's in that group. He's in that group and deserves to be in that group. We're not being sarcastic. Nope. These are the All facts. multiple world champions and all-time icons of British motorcycle sport you've just mentioned. And Cal has achieved something on a par with those names. We cannot bang the drum enough. No. Don't feel natural saying it because nope. he has had a long MotoGP career now and he's had some su- success in that career. You know, quite a few podiums. But I never saw this coming. I didn't expect it. Even more so with the start of the season he had, Julian. It was well, appalling, really. Two 11th places up to Catalonia. And he was 20th in the championship at some point. 20th. 20th, yeah, yeah. When we were saying, remember, we have doing the podcast, where's his career going? Yeah, He's obviously yeah. going to be out of this paddock. Yeah. You know? oh, we were talking, <laughs> our conversations in private as well as in public were, well, this ain't going well, is it? This yeah. is, you know, what do you do at 30? And Cal himself talked to me after Texas about, well, I don't care, I'll retire. Yeah, he's always relished in being the underdog, hasn't he? Something, how is he going to take to this newfound (laughs) status of being one of the uh, the elite crew to to win multiple races? Yeah, it's Cal, so he'll hate it and love it, (laughs) because that's Cal, isn't it? He'll embrace it and moan about it in equal weight. Because when he switched from Ducati to Honda... You thought, oh no, he's made another terrible pick in terms of career choice because the Honda wasn't really working last year and it wasn't working at the beginning of this season. Interesting though that HRC, obviously looking at him now, because they gave him the chassis rejected by Marquez and Pedroza because the Honda engineers thought it actually was the answer this. And it would feel, obviously, I'm told there's a lot less metal in the chassis Cal is using and probably it feels like a Yamaha used to which Pedroza and Marquez obviously wouldn't be very fond of, being hardcore Honda men, mm. but Cal might have just, you know, found something or been given something a bit more normal to him. But has he had that all year? No, no. that came in the middle part of the season when oh, we right. saw, seen his results well, yeah. pick uh, up. After flip, Barcelona. Whatever it is, it's worked, hasn't it? I think know? it's part of it because Cal said uh, after his first win that, yeah, I didn't get to test this bike till Qatar. You know, if I'd have had Sipang and what have you, yeah. maybe what's happening now would have started happening a month earlier. Well, also, it was that them first eight races, all those crashes. Can you remember how many mm. crashes? He actually couldn't stay on it. Yeah. So the whatever the chassis he was using there, that was not giving him the feel. 
on the front. So uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's the Yamaha-ized chassis that's working. That's, that's working, yeah. And if he'd started the season in this kind of form, would he have been in line for for the full-time ride at the factory Honda ahead of Danny Pedrosa? He's won more races than Danny this year. Well, yeah. For the last eight races, he has scored the second most points. In the last eight races, Mark Marquez has scored 128 points. Cal has scored 121. So for the last eight races, he would be equivalent. I know it doesn't work this way, but we're just going off the facts from when he swapped this chassis then. He's lying second in the championship behind Mark Marquez. So if that had been the first eight races, yes, he would have been in line for it. Because if you remember also how Danny's start of the mm. season was poor, so, yeah, yeah, he would be... He's won as many races as Valentino yeah. Rossi this year. Exactly. Or, just to go back to the Honda thing, Neil, he'd have been in line for LCR, having a few more men in Honda shirts in the garage, helping him. So, could we see that, then? Could we see next year? He said changes might be afoot. Could we see a Sete Gibbonau-style yes. uh, inner satellite team, but yes. with a factory package? Which would suit him. That's, that Absolutely, that's Neil. The, the perfect scenario is to maybe get a few, um, let's say without making this sound disrespectful to the LCR team, but a few more highly qualified individuals wearing HRC shirts. Yeah, more, more men stomping the problem to death, yeah. not just the one and a half that LCR can afford to yeah. put in the pit. No disrespect to the men there. I mean, there's, you know, that is a cracking team, yeah. but it is a satellite customer team. Which we know suits Cal's style the way yeah. he is. He doesn't like to tour the corporate line. He doesn't like doing PR events. If he, <laughs> if he signed for HRC, his life would be over. Yep. Because he'd hate that. Yeah. We know that, don't we? We well, all individually know that. So Honda could easily do it. As in the Wijiba now years ago, what Ducati are doing with Pramac next year, one full spec factory bike goes to a satellite team. Why not? Sounds good to me. Uh, he turns 31 on Saturday. Is his age against him? Well, his, his age is against him. His results are for him. So we're British riders... We're like fine wine. We definitely get better with old... I'm convinced about it. I am. You're right. Chaz, Chaz Davis. How, how, how well is Chaz Davis riding a motorcycle right now in World Superbikes? I, I said it on our podcast after Phillip Island. Probably, I always thought in the past, because British riders aren't racing when they're four or five or six in the organised Spanish local and regional championships that take them to a factory ride in Spanish Championship when they're 12 or 13. Yeah. Our riders get to that level later, so it's no surprise they become Grand Prix winners later. later. That makes sense, doesn't it, if you think about it? Because Cal went British Supersport, British Superbike, World yep. Supersport, World yep. Superbike. That's uh, before he even got in this paddock. Vir when did you first so, hear his name? Virgin Media R6 Cup. R6 mm. Cup, yeah, yeah. So God bless the old one-make series. So his, his age is against him, yep. but... We know why he's, he's yeah. you know, he's, I, I he's think, peaking now at this age. Yeah, it's it a shame we look at age because our riders do, I'm convinced, we always have, got better later. Yeah, develop later. Mm. Um, because he's won twice, as I say, he's won the same amount of times as Valentino Rossi. <laughs> There's a bit of a discussion going around on social media, Twitter, a few of the journalists, about the idea of the alien. We've talked about them in the past. we talked about, you know, this elite group were the only ones able to win. We've had eight different winners this year, but Cal's repeated a victory. So... Is he an alien, or is it put to death the idea that that sort of thing exists? I think we can put it out of the window when we have so many variables this year in terms of new tyres, new electronics. That's what scrambled things up. And Go weather. We've had, we've and had, weather. We've had, funny, and we weather. had funny weather throughout this year. Yeah. Go a couple of years further down the line with what we've got now, and as usual, the cream and the ultra cream will rise. Yeah. Good question about the aliens, and I've, yeah. it's something I've been thinking about. I still believe in the alien concept. 
and I still feel... Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a separate discussion? That's another podcast <laughs> altogether. Sorry, we'll get Brian Cox in for that one. So, so I, I, do believe in the, I do believe in the aliens. I do believe in your Lorenzo's... You know, Marcus, obviously, and Rossi. Um, it, the question is, and I can't answer it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know what I'm like? I never sit on the fence. No, no. I can't answer I don't know. Is, is Cal an alien? I, I don't know. I neither, don't know. Neither do I, Neil. Yeah, neither I do know. I. I can't say, no, he's not. Yeah. And I can't say, yes, he is. I, yeah. I need to think about it. Sorry. For, first half of the season, of course he's not. Second half of the season, of course he is. <laughs> right, well, uh, he's not necessarily that convinced that he's going to be that successful here this weekend in Sepang. So let's hear from Cal before the Malaysian Grand Prix. Cal, it's been four days, that's all, since you won your second ever MotoGP race. Has it sunk in? Have you had time to reflect on it? Have you watched the race back? Yeah, I couldn't sleep on the plane, so I watched it back. It was something very special in my career, as was Bruno, you know, Bruno being my first one, but I think uh, Australia, it's always had a special place in my heart, the track. Uh, I did very well there on the Tech 3 bike, and it was my second podium on the Tech 3 bike, so the two places the first podium I ever had was in Bruno, and the second one was in Australia, and yes. it was the same this year. I had my first win in both the circuits. So, yeah, I don't know if it's sunk in. I haven't really had time to think, and especially in these three flyaway races, you know what it's like with the travel. I travelled straight here. I spent some time with Luce and Willow for a day, and then I had to fly to Jakarta for for a two-day event for Castro. So, I didn't really have too much yeah, too much time. time and, um, but obviously my team are, are really, really pleased. We've had a lot of attention as such, you know, media attention and attention from the paddock which is great, but you know I think they deserve it as much as what I do. So yeah, it's been really, really good. I mean, you beat Valentino Rossi, Jorge Lorenzo. <laughs> you were catching Mark and he crashed. I mean, when we talk about Mark Marquez and when you talk about him, you say he's the most talented rider you've ever seen on a motorcycle. And we talk that he's gonna break records, even Rossi's records. You beat these people. How does that make you feel? That's what I wanna know as an ex-rider. Don't get me wrong, it makes me feel very, very proud. Um, but I'm not a really, really emotionally attached person when it comes down to that because I'm not here to break records. I'm here because I love what I do. It's my job and I don't sit there and look at the statistics and look at the thing and say, okay, uh, Barry Sheen did this, yeah. or I want to do that. I don't look like that. I, but sure, to beat Mark, Jorge and Valet on the day, it's great to beat them all at once. You know, it's one of them because I've beat them separately yeah, many exactly. times. Yeah. You know, I've had great battles with Valentino when I was with the Yamaha, and I've had great battles with Mark when I was was with Yamaha. But to beat them all on the same day is something special yeah. because there's not many people that can say or will say in their no. career that, that, that they've managed to do it. Cal, and there's a handful. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the reality know, of the situation. It's, yeah, it's great. You know, of course, I'm pleased for the people around me as much as yeah. me, as I've said. But the problem is, is you just look at the next race. No, you I know. know. You, you have, you don't have that. I think at the end of my career, maybe I would think. Okay, I did some, some fantastic results. I did some amazing rides, some amazing laps, even over my career that I really enjoyed. But I don't, now I, it's so difficult to sit and think, okay, I've done this, because yeah. you sat there thinking, okay, I have to go to Malaysia now, I have to do this, I, we have this to try, we, we want to try that with the bike. You know, you know what it's like as, yeah. as a motorcycle racer, you're always looking for that Lord. next thing that you, that you want in your career. And a good ride here this weekend would be great, but I am also very, very realistic of how difficult this place is, how difficult it is with the Honda. Also, my style a little bit doesn't suit this place so much. Um, but you, then I have a goal of, okay, well, I want to do the best job I can do, and then I'll be very, very satisfied at the end of the weekend. Yeah. And if that's 10th, it's 10th. 
on paper it looks crap compared to what we've just done, yeah. but that, that's the way it is. You, you have to choose some things. I aim to win in Phillip Island, I did. Maybe I should aim to win here, <laughs> I might, but no, it's, uh, of course, you know, I have to, probably have to let my career stop and, and then, you know, I have more, look back more, and enjoy more chance to, to you look will. back and start, enjoy you it. You will, I can, I can assure you that, because I think I know you well enough. So moving on from Cal Crutchlow to talk about Yamaha. Obviously, we know Valentino Rossi had a good ride through the field up to second place, but I want to focus, first of all, on Jorge Lorenzo uh, and his race there in conditions which haven't suited him this year, iffy conditions, the cold. He's talked a lot about the getting a heat into the front tyre. Is that all it is with Jorge? Probably not is the answer. I think, yeah. certainly... So what, what is it then, do you reckon? Well, it's getting heat into the front tyre and keeping his, it there. It's getting heat into his brain. And that is the and, second and, point. And, and getting heat in so he gets the feel-good factor yeah. mentally. That's what I'm seeing more than... It's We're, just uh, that motorcycle doesn't generate heat in the front yeah. tyre and the that's The way he problem. sets it up, yeah. I'm not buying that. No, neither am I. Elite sport at any level, any sport, is played 90% north of the participants' eyebrows. And Jorge is talking himself out of things at the moment. Would that be fair? Yeah. I interviewed him on Saturday uh, after qualifying. After, Remember, he posted pretty much motor three lap times on a dry mm. track at the end. I've never seen him look so uncomfortable on a motorcycle. I asked him why. I actually asked him the question like that, saying, I've never seen you look so uncomfortable on the bike. I thought it was going to punch me. He, uh, <laughs> And he said his past experiences of crashing in cold conditions played a part in it. And he actually totally blamed himself. He didn't say there's something wrong with the motorcycle. He said there's something wrong with the rider. So He's only 11 points ahead of Maverick Vinales in the championship. Will that bother him? It'll interest Bearing in mind, Maverick's taking his seat next it'll year. It'll interest Maverick, I'm sure of that. I'm not sure whether Jorge will be that bothered. Sh yeah, we I think, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. What will be on Jorge's mind is pulling his finger out, it's getting it all back on track. You know, you, he's got to... He, he, I don't think he'll be worrying about championship positions. No, he'll want to he win a race. Win a race. Battle for a win or at least win one. Yeah. Yeah. At least he likes the pan. He likes this place. He won't have a problem getting into the tyres here. No, 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 that's... Well, but it looks like we're going to have mixed weather. It could you know, be wet. It, it rains a lot here yep. in Sepang, and the forecast this weekend is definite for rain. The last couple of years, we've been yeah. lucky, haven't we? It's yeah, I've just been speaking to a local, actually, who said that this should be going into monsoon season, but everything's a bit strange, but drizzle at some point. Um, not necessarily the big rains we've seen in the past. Uh, it will be interesting to see. What about Valentino Rossi, his fight back from uh, 15th on the grid to, to second in the race? It was... Uh, I mean, a lot of people were thinking he was going to go on and catch Cal. It wasn't well, to he be. Did. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did. Yeah. I did. Yep. It was just one of Valentino's minor miracles. You know, we're so used to the major ones. And the funny thing was, it was a strange weekend up to that point. No one had had any time on a dry but, track until Sunday morning. And there you go. Half an hour is all Valentino and the crew needed to give him a bike that worked. There's that experience. There's that knowledge. There's nine world championships. And it was no surprise at all that on a the best track we'd had all weekend that Valentino had a motorbike that could work. Yeah, he looked great in the morning warm-up. He had, a, like you say, that's the, the half an hour he had just to get everything working perfectly. And now we come to Sepang, uh, where he's been successful in the past, but we are one year on from the incident, the dirty word of that, that I thought, incident. I thought, I thought we were going to have a swear box at, uh, in here. Well, we've got to mention it yeah. now. Because we're in Sepang. It's going to be a talking point. Well, you were saying weekend. in the hire car on the way here that you thought Valentino definitely kicked him. <laughs> Gavin. 
Emmett. <laughs> I'm not looking at Julian. I'd like you to corroborate that evidence. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I made that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So w w what's your question, Gav? <laughs> the question is, will that play in anybody's mind here this weekend? A journalist will. I'm looking forward to the press conference because, of course, it's going to get mentioned. My, uh, my question is... Which journalist is going to ask the, yeah, the, yeah. the awkward questions in the press conference? Uh, will it play on the minds? Not at all. Because obviously once you set off on this track, you're focusing on what you're doing. But yeah, it's give, us, it's give all the, uh, the media something to have a little chuckle about. I'm pretty confident we're not going to see anything like that again. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask that, actually. Are we going to see... We've never seen anything like it before, Neil. I can't no. imagine uh, seeing anything like it in the near future. Let's hear what Torre and Valentino had to say before this weekend's race. Well, Jorge, uh, at least here in Sepang, we know we're not going to have to worry about the cold conditions that we had in Australia, which we know you've admitted caused you a few problems there. But you do have a new track surface to contend with here this weekend. So what are your expectations of going out through the practices this weekend with this new surface? Yeah, for sure, not, not the cold, but maybe the rain, maybe the rain. Let's hope that the weekend keeps uh, dry. And let's see, here, new asphalt, we still didn't try, so we don't know the capacity of grip of all the corners and also some modification, in, especially in the last, the last corner, the banking of the corner. So I'm very curious to, to try it and to understand all, all these little things. No? Uh, last two races, of course, with Yamaha for you. How do you want to sign off with Yamaha? The best way possible. That's my goal and that's my try. Just in Motegi, I crash, I make a small mistake and I couldn't save the crash uh, being in second place after the big crash, because finally the injury is more than we expected. No? Uh, finally, with the pills and everything, we saved the situation, but the impact was huge. But I almost finished second, I crashed. But it's true that in Phillip Island, uh, at this moment, with, with the bike we have, that we are not in our, our best moment, together with these cold conditions and Michelin new electronic, I didn't feel great. So I, I couldn't feel safe and fast and, and quick and with confidence. That's the truth. Okay, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Valentino's stunning ride last time out from 15th to second. How difficult was it coming through the field? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, very difficult, but it was great. I enjoyed a lot. One of the best races of this year, also if I don't win, because uh, coming from back, you know, and uh, step by step, uh, overtake for overtake uh, is, is the way that I, I love. <laughs> and uh, it's a shame just because the second half of the race, I wasn't fast like uh, Cal. And how about Cal? Obviously, we are very biased because he's British. We don't get many uh, MotoGP winners. What are your thoughts on how Cal's riding at the moment? Because it's very impressive. We didn't see this coming. I think that the second half of his season is quite impressive because starting from the first victory in Bruno, that was stunning, but was in a difficult condition. Not, not more easy, maybe more hard, yeah. but different, no? And he did the choice of the tyre like this. But uh, impressed me very much in Silverstone because it was uh, a full dry and they did a fantastic race with a lot of overtaking and arrived second. And uh, so I expect uh, Cal uh, very strong in Phillip Island because he's always fast, but I hope that it was a little bit less than this. But uh, great congratulations to him because uh, he's uh, one of the, of the best guys around. And just quickly, last question. Obviously, we're here in Malaysia. They've resurfaced the track. The last corner looks different. What are your thoughts? Allora, at the beginning, I didn't understand why they do like this. Uh, because already the last corner was uh, difficult enough. But somebody said to me that uh, they want to uh, arrive a little bit slower to the first corner because they don't have enough runoff area. 
and it's quite dangerous. So like this, I'm fully agree because in reality, turn one, I, we don't have a lot of area. So it looks like more difficult, different, more round. So we will try tomorrow and I think that make the difference if uh, one rider can uh, understand before the way to do the, the corner. Okay, good luck this weekend, Valet. Thank you, Tony. go back again to Phillip Island last time out, what happened to Mark Marquez then? Because you know, considering his pace in the warm-up, he looked nailed on for victory. I've got a theory. Are you ready? He always crashes. It's Marquez. He pretty much crashed every weekend at some point. He needs to find the limit, push it, you know, and it was mixed conditions all weekend. So it's almost like he never got the opportunity to, to do... To, to find tuck, the limit. To tuck the front lap. We've seen him do, like I say, pretty much every weekend. And I still think it came the race. Obviously, he got into the lead, pulled the gap, but Crutchlow was catching him. The gap was coming down. Mm. So at that point, he still wasn't aware where the limit was. He tried to gain more time in his strong area, which is breaking into a hairpin, and uh, he took the front. And, and he said it wasn't down to the tyre. It wasn't down to no, it. I, I think he blamed in, himself. I think that's entirely coherent mm. uh, from Neil. Absolutely spot on. And Crutchlow wasn't closing him down by hundredths. Crutchlow was closing him down by quarter of a second, half a second mm. ago. Which, as we know, is a lot. So that's what I think's happened there. Racing incident. That's and it is the old Marcus, isn't it, to crash in a race anyway? He said well, the old Marcus was coming back, and he did. Yeah, it surprised us all, though, didn't Very it? Much. You know, I, I've only come up with it, my answer because I'd sat and thought about it afterwards and thought maybe that played a part in it. But uh, it did shock me. I, I didn't see that coming. When the gap came down the first lap, then it came down the second lap with Cal. Yep. I thought uh, he will respond now. Will will yeah. mark and as yeah. as I was as those thoughts came into my head, the bike was uh, some. And it was the classic Honda hairpin front-end crash we saw so many times on the hard front tyre. And I suppose what that did was send Cal into a burst of paranoia for 18 laps. Yeah, yeah he'd been uh, worried, wouldn't he, every single lap through there. Uh, of course, last year's race winner here at Spang, Danny Pedrosa, isn't here yet again, replaced by Hiroshi Aoyama. My question on that is, why do Honda not have a Michele Piro? Why do Honda not have a rider waiting in the wings to replace Jack Miller when he's injured, great. to replace Danny Pedrosa when he's about? It's a great question. It is a great question, and the only answer is there's nobody quick enough in the Japanese championship coming up through their ranks. But does so have why to don't be they that? employ, exactly, so yeah. why don't they employ someone like Michele Piro? You know, why don't they employ I, a rider, pay him a good salary, not to race, uh, to test, to test, to test properly, yep. and to be a super sub like um, Piro is. Good question. It, it, it's Why perfect. Don't tech three. They're the biggest factory. Yeah, Tech Three did this with Sylvain Gintoli a few years ago. He was the first ago. one. The concept really. of this rider, and, and he was guaranteed at least a couple of wild cards. And of course, if one of the uh, regular riders is unavailable, then boom, you're in for another Grand Prix. Well, Honda could always guarantee a couple of wild cards throughout the year. They'll always get one in Japan if they want one. Yep. They'll always get one somewhere else throughout the nope. year. So I've just, I just, my question is why they don't have I that. I think it's an extremely I good question. I don't want to put Hiroshi Ayama down. He's a 250cc world champion, but he's not up to speed. Twice a winner here, I think. Yeah. He yeah. loves this place. But his good days are behind him, yeah. really. He, he's and not regularly racing, really. No. And Akiyoshi's no use. He'd be three or four seconds slower. Yeah, well, he's yeah. about 40 now. He's he's, uh, and he's about my weight. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's a World Superbike weekend, so you can't haul Nicky back. Mm. And Nicky Hayden was seriously impressive. He was, wasn't he? He actually did better than I was expecting. Yeah, me really. too. I thought it was he was in that battle with the people who've seventh. been around all year. For seventh, yeah. Yeah, with... Petrucci, Petrucci Redding, Miller. Miller, Miller was having a good weekend. Miller, who was not caring a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think the less said about their little love I, tap, the better. Going off on a tangent a bit, but I, I found it quite funny that Petrucci was having a proper oh, yeah. moan about Miller yes. and his uh, aggressive that, that, uh, that, that probably tells you all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame we didn't see more of that. Obviously, there were plenty yeah. going on anyway, but if the Dow raced out... Yeah, of course. Hector Barber was in that dice as well. That was three Ducatis, a couple of Hondas. And, of course, he goes back this weekend to the Avintia bike, unless something's wrong with Andre Yanone once he gets on the but machine. Y- Yanone is on the entry list here. But, but Hector Barber, over the last couple of races, show why sometimes better the devil you know. Be careful what you wish for. Is mm. I learned this, uh, not to go off on a tangent again, in 1995, I had a rock rock Yamaha Grand Prix bike. I was racing in the World Championships. Give over, Gav. Leave me alone. And uh, I was having a a good season. And Kenny Roberts came up to me and said, you're doing a good job. What we're going to do is we're going to give you a better engine. And we want you to test some tyres for us. So I went to Mugello, and basically, in Mugello, I tested the factory bike. And I thought I was going to jump on this factory bike and go two seconds a lap faster. As everybody always does. As you, you think there's a magic factory yeah. button. And I got on this bike, and it took me two days testing, and I went about 0.2 of a second quicker, and I was trying. Then I'd gone on my old bike. And the education that night, I remember calling my mum and dad. I know I've gone off on one ear, so I've wake I'm enjoying up, it. wake up. Calling my mum and dad and saying... Of the lesson was the factory bikes have the factory riders on them. Yeah, you'd have gone point two faster two days testing on your own bike. I'd have probably gone more. I would have That was the reality of it, and it's always stuck with me. And Hector Barber is the perfect example. He's got on that the, the latest Ducati. It's two years younger, obviously. It's all singing, all dancing. It's a GG Delinia special, and he didn't go any better. Well, we started this sector talking about Mark Marquez. So let's hear from the current world champion. Well, Mark, certainly here you won't have the problem with the cold that we had in Australia, but you will have a new track layout, isn't quite right, but a new track surface to contend with this weekend. Does that change everything at this track? Yeah, of course, it uh, changed a little bit because, uh, yeah, the layout is the same, but uh, honestly, it changed a little bit because the banking of the corners are not the, the same. New asphalt, of course, will be less bumpy, but uh, we must to check well uh, also with the tyres because normally when we have a new asphalt, the tyre wear always is not perfect, but we will see how we can manage here. And yeah, but the rest, uh, look forward to start and to check this Malaysian track uh, with the new asphalt. And of course... We're one year on from that incident. Everyone's going to ask you about it, I'm sure. Uh, but does that enter your mind at all going into the weekend? Yeah, of course. Uh, I know that this question will be there around the, the all weekend. But okay, for me, everything on that day, I say already what uh, what I say, and uh, I don't have uh, any comment new. So yeah, for me, it's a normal weekend, and it's important that we arrive here. The title is already decided, so no, not I don't have I don't feel more pressure. Mark, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pang this weekend. I've already got through about three bottles of water uh, this morning since we've been here. It is the toughest track on the whole calendar. Neil, tell us about racing here. Oh, by miles, though. Nobody looks forward to coming here. We do. And, and actually, some of the riders look forward to it. Malaysia itself is great. Racing round this track, doing a 40-whatever-minute race round here is like torture. It's obviously the heat, the humidity. You do about five laps. Up to, up to about five laps is bearable. You get to that point, then your body core temperature is maxed out. Your heart rate's maxed out. And you're pretty much spent. 
And that's usually the point you look at your pit board and say there's 15 laps to go. And you genuinely, I promise you, think to yourself, I can't do that. I can't physically keep this speed up with this intensity, with this heat. By then, the heat from the motorcycle, it, it can't go anywhere. So you don't get any draft, though. There's no breeze on the straights. It's like it's a hairdryer. It's like a hot, red hot. The bike's overheating. Yeah. The foot pegs are burning you. Everything, every part of your body is screaming out, stop. Honestly, I hated so it. So how do you prepare for it, then? Well, you do, interestingly, I was on the track today doing a small feature, and you see Cal's out there cycling. Yeah. I saw on Twitter the Aspargo brothers are cycling. Bradley Smith's out there cycling. Danny Kent was walking the track. you just got to try and stay in it. And you've got to, the longer you can stay in it, the better. So most riders come straight here from Australia, try and get yourself acclimatised to this heat. Because it's like nothing else. It's the absolute polar opposite to where we've just come from, from, <laughs> from Phillip Island where we're freezing. Polar being the operative word. Yeah, 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 that's really. good choice of adjective. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Julian, there's been a change since we were here last year. Change since they've been testing here at the start of the season because they do thousands of laps at this place. It's the track yep. they know better than any other in the world. Um, but they have changed the track surface and we can't underestimate that the changes has been here. Indeed, and the adverse camber at the last corner were an easy enough corner to crash on before now neil's been out and looked at it so he knows better than me yeah it's they've really altered that last corner it's a massive adverse camber now i mean they've done it to try and help the the drainage but uh it, it's will it bizarre. change the final corner then in the terms shape of, of the racing line will yeah be of the line so yeah. what about the attacking into the final corner for the end of the race will actually make it even more exciting right that's because what that was my question it, yeah because it is almost like there's two lines there's what you would class as the the normal line but if you go wider the camber then goes more to uh, just a normal flat track. It sort of levels off. So it, you could almost go like round the outside of somebody where you, you wouldn't normally see that on a hairpin corner. It'll definitely create drama this weekend. You'll see it. And what about the surface itself? What do we know about that? Well, it looks f the track looks really dirty. I've never seen it look so dirty. I don't know why. I don't know what's been going on. I don't know if they've had a lot of rain here. But the it it, surface looks good. Um, it's a lot smoother. They've improved some of the runoff as well. They've taken away a bit of the tarmac runoffs and added more gravel, which is rare. Normally we see mm. the, the trend is to go the other way for the Formula One. It's, it's almost like... Well, but the circuit's talking to bailing from its Formula One contract in two years. Yeah. So with the changes they made to the track, that sort of makes sense. It suited more to the motorcycles. And you mentioned Formula One there. The reason they're probably or thinking about not coming back here is because they don't sell as many tickets as they do for this. Yeah. We've Money. got a complete sellout this weekend. Tell us about the atmosphere here, Julian, and, and what it's like on race day it's, in particular. It's loud. <laughs> Very loud. Uh, the one thing I can refer back to is when the little farmy Kairu Dean, the local Moto 3 rider, got pole here. You thought the roof was coming off that mm. grandstand. And uh, it's going to be interesting because it's uh, a Malaysian crowd. It's an enthusiastic crowd. There's no barracking, barracking or anything. Yeah. It's just loud. Because there's been a lot of talk in the, inter in the week since we're in... Uh, Australia about fans cheering Mark Marcus's crash. Yeah, there was that... Uh, you wouldn't get that here necessarily, would you? I don't know what you get here. Mm. I mean, I don't know... I'd be very surprised. I yeah. think it's people around here are far too polite, yeah. frankly. I'd be very surprised. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. In the background of the pick, when Marcus crashed, there was a whole bunch of people up in the back of the picture, you know, hands up cheering. And I found that... It's funny, uh, isn't it? Yeah. It's distasteful, is a yeah. good word. It's funny how our sports change in a year. Mm. Yeah. Um, Andre Iannone's back here this weekend. Uh, a couple of rides left on the Ducati. If he gets through, what are his prospects? For the last two races, well, exciting. It's, yeah. 
Ian Oney. The Cathy here? Yeah, two long straights, accelerating out of slow corners. You know, certainly the last quarter and the, and the first quarter of the lap should suit the Ducati. So, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, absolutely. He'll be fired up because it's Iannone. You know, he only knows... One setting, Yeah, it's it? one setting and that's limits, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> uh, and Suzuki as well, with that podium for Marek Vinales, they've... Uh, reach their concession limit so there'll be uh, reduction engines reduction in testing for the riders that's not great when you've got two new riders coming in is it it isn't but back-to-back rostrums for maverick for the first time in Mada grand prix they'd trade the concessions wouldn't they for the podiums uh, they've been getting with probably maverick. but probably not though the fact that he's yeah. and elation was up there as well which i think was another uh, yeah. showing how far they've come on but te- the testing regulations are being slackened off slightly they're not as draconian as they have been so yeah but i think neil's right as a kid probably rather kept it <laughs> right we'll move on to uh, moto two then um is anyone going to win this championship Does I, anyone want to win this championship i can't remember the last time there was a championship like this i came in during the race shouting they came into the uh, the office of the tv compound going no one wants to win this championship i've never seen anything like it. it's bizarre obviously you know the old zarko we, we questioned what his mentality was going to be like. How was he going to deal with the stress and pressure? And last year, he was just amazing. He could walk on water. There were some pressure situations that he just dealt with really well. This year, we've seen shades of the old Johan Zarco. So, so, so are we playing to Tom Luty? Are we seeing a late yeah, charge so, on the rails? So uh, is I'd he a legitimate that. title well, yeah, contender? And he loves the punk. He won his first his first Moto2 victory. Tom Luty's was here. Oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, that's... I would love that because... It's almost like the ultimate underdog, really. We'd yeah. written him off five rounds ago. I don't know how many points behind he was, but with back-to-back wins, the first time it, he's ever done that. Yeah. In, Even in his World Championship 1-2-5 year, he didn't do that. Yeah, but, and, and that was 11 years ago. So yes. it sort of tells you where his career has been. It's been a little yeah. bit all over the place. He's always been consistent, but never consistent sort of yeah. on the podium. It's always or, been or, like a fifth, yeah. a third, Always a the rider that the other riders would tell you they respected and thought he was a, he was a, a threat but never that final 5% or whatever it is. Uh, put it this way, if he comes here and, and yeah. wins, which we, you can't rule out, and Zarko's in Zarko mode that we've seen for the last few rounds, full riding tents, trying to defend a championship, if you ride one of these Mortal 2 bikes, like you're trying to defend a championship, you'll be outside the top 10. And if he is, he's definitely going to the last round <laughs> and he's a proper chance. And then Valencia in November, anything can happen. I uh, just spoke to Akiayo actually, and he says we just have to control uh, Joanne's mind this weekend. That's what we have to do, get into his head. <laughs> Easier said and, than done. Uh, that's what it's all, all about. And what about Alex Rince's state of mind? Is he out of this championship now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been out of it, not mathematically, but what, whatever's going on there, and I think, again, that's north of the eyebrows. Whatever's going on there, I don't even recognise him. No, another crash last time out. Yeah. And now he's... That's gone, hasn't it? Just, it looks disappointing. Every session you see him in, the last three rounds, you could work out his, his average position would be about 17th per session, you know, throughout the weekends. Terrible, miles off it. I don't know what's going on. Mm. And then, unfortunately, Sam Lowell's crashed yeah. again, and obviously that's the end of that. Um, question uh, on Twitter, at VT Sport MotoGP. This one came from John Goolsbury. How do you think Sam will get on next year? Because he has uh, crashed more than anybody else in the whole World Championship, including five last weekend. So how's he going to get on on the Aprilia MotoGP? Uh, I've got mixed feelings, really. I think he could be absolutely amazing and shock everybody. Or it could be a very short Motor Grand Prix career. Or it, it might crash too much. I, 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 
I'm very close to Sam, and the problem is because I'm so close to him, sometimes I can't see the wood for the trees, if yeah. that makes sense. What? It's yeah, hard he can't to... be objective about yeah, it. I yeah, I can't, because I believe in him so much, and I yeah. know him so well. I just feel like he's going to grow hold of that Aprilia, and he's going to do special things with it. So that's my gut feeling, mm. even though... The, uh, the Aragon Sam Lowe's can do that. The Mizano Sam Lowe's can never do that. Mm. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. But I, I think he's well capable of doing it. I hope, to quote we can just manage Sam's... Because when things go wrong and it gets tense, he throws it away. And he's not the only one going up to MotoGP. Zarco, Rins, Folger, all going up yep. next year. Who's going to get on best of those? Well, I feel like Sam. I do. I know you think biased, but Zarco... I just don't think he's mentally got the capacity for a, MotoGP. A month ago, I'd have said Zarco. Yeah. And now I can't say Zarco. Rins, I don't even know what's going on at the moment, so I, I'm, I don't think he's going to struggle. Folger, I'm not convinced. Sam has got the mental strength. He's crashed. He crashed five times at the, at the weekend. He'll come here feeling like he can win, and he'll, he'll expect to be fastest in the first session. He's good at mentally blocking mm. out negatives. That's probably the best way of yeah. putting it. Yeah. And you have to deal with negatives in MotoGP because you're not going to be battling at the front of the field. You've got to get used to being outside that top ten. All four of those riders will have to. Well, it's going to be interesting to see here in Spang this weekend in Moto2. Of course, we've already had our world champion in Moto3 uh, in the form of Brad Binder, who just keeps going from strength to strength after victory last time out. A quick update on John McPhee's uh, injuries. He's still out in Australia. He's suffered a collapsed... Uh, both his lungs were collapsed, which I found out in a, in a late MRI scan. Uh, they were scanning his head and neck, just caught the top of his lungs. And they said, oh, actually, we should do the full thing. And they found that his lungs, both lungs collapsed by 40%. So he can't fly for five weeks now. He's been discharged from hospital. He's having an operation on his thumb uh, this weekend coming. Uh, same surgeon that helped Chaz Davis out when he crashed there in 2012. Uh, so he's got good people on it. He's out, he actually he's out of hospital, but he just can't fly because it's too dangerous because of the uh, changes in pressure. So he's going to miss the end of this season now. But uh, I suppose at first it was, we were amazed it was just a broken thumb. But even with those injuries, he's lucky. Very lucky. It was uh, one of those, just one of those crashes that you don't see very often, and to, to, to fall in the middle of a pack in a, almost a blind section, it was always going to be, as, you know, turn out ugly. So I, I'm really pleased that he's, he's got away with having a massive crash like that. You know what? He was riding really well. The team had got that bike working better. Yeah, he's going to miss the last few rounds. He'll come out. He's going to be on the Honda next year in a new team. And I, I just think his maturity level, his experience. We talked about that earlier about late developers. I think. We're going to see a really fast John McPhee next year. We all hope so, of course. Uh, Brad Binder back to his best again in Australia, winning yes. the race comfortably. Yeah. And both parts of it. Yeah, just did a world champion's job. Never looked in doubt. Yeah, never looked in doubt, did it? And we've got to look at the Malaysians here this weekend. Um, talk about Hafiz Shareen in, in Moto2. We obviously expect him to be there thereabouts this weekend. We usually see something special from him. But in Moto3 in particular, we've got uh, Caroline Ampawi, this weekend, Adam Norodine, all three of them plastered on all uh, the bar banners I saw coming in from the airport, a couple of huge things. It's big for them, isn't it? Let's not underestimate why there's going to be a full house here. They have local heroes as well. And they are big stars here. Yep. They might not be on a global scale, but certainly in this country. Well, Powie's won two Grand Prix. We, we were getting excited about Cow having won two Grand Prix. I think we should allow Malaysian fans to get excited about Powie winning two Grand Prix. Yeah, in, his, in his rookie season. Do we expect, in his his rookie rookie season. Do we expect something from him this weekend? And maybe from Noradin. They, they've done some testing here. They know this place so well. Yeah, you I hope do. so. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And that's not wishful thinking. I'd, I'd expect to see them both yeah. doing oh, a really good job. And if it's wet, of course. 
than Shireen round here is um, spectacular. Right, well, lots to look forward to uh, this weekend, of course. Thanks to Neil, thanks to Julian as well. Make sure you download the review podcast following the race here at Sepang. And remember, of course, you can watch how everyone gets on in every session live this weekend on BT Sport 2. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.